Ants. 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 Ant-Man! <laughs> <laughs>to across the bifrost this is the mighty thor podcast where on each and every episode we explore the world of marvel's mighty thor we are here today for a mcu review i am one of your co-hosts ryan Doze. i am joined by my frequent member of the warriors three co-host faz faz welcome to the review man good to be here i'm ready for a fantastic time Oh my gosh, it's like Will is here with us. <laughs> so uh, for this review, we have a special guest, friend of the show and friend in real life. Haley Hobbs from Source Pages is here to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Haley, welcome back. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I've been anticipating this podcast. Oh my gosh. Beautiful, Haley. That's amazing. There's two of us. This Ryan stuck is, with us. Of course. This is how I get the aneurysm that kills me. Uh, okay. So, uh, Haley, this is what, the the 12th time you've reviewed Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? Yeah, I think I'm coming up on 34, actually, in one week. So it's Every going really well. Of Haley has, has reviewed this. <laughs> That's almost Every as many times as she's watched the movie. She's been in theaters 36 times so far. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we are... I, uh, uh, don't work. <laughs> her job <laughs> has become just going to theaters and watching Marvel movies on repeat, which doesn't sound like that bad of a gig. I really wish that was true. And I do wish I had seen it more than one time. So everybody, we've seen, each of us has seen it once. Uh, and I too also wish I had seen it multiple times. Uh, I had, an, I had a, an availability to go see it with my son. And my son said, no, thank you. I would <laughs> rather watch Incredibles. Also a superhero movie, but it kind of came out like forever ago. So oh, stabs in the heart. I, a yeah, solid I, choice though. I, I almost it. tricked him because he loves Spider-Man. I almost tricked him like, oh no, buddy, we can go see the new Spider-Man movie. Uh, but oh no, my gosh, he, don't traumatize him. <laughs> there is a Spider-Man reference in this movie. Um, but yeah, I've only seen it once. We've all only seen it once, but we're here to review it. Nonetheless, we all had a really good time and can't wait to talk to you about quantum mania. We are though, because we are a Thor podcast, there is a little bit of business we have to take care of beforehand. We're making the connection between Thor and the characters that are in this movie. And there's one big character in this movie that we really don't know a ton about uh, until we actually watch this film. And that is Modoc. Mo yeah, Modoc. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about Modoc. Don't, don't you worry. Good. Uh, we are going to focus in on Kang. Kang is the new big bad in the Marvel Universe. So for our comic connection to Thor, we went all the way back to the 60s. And Faz is so excited to read Stan Lee writing. Uh, we went back to Avengers number eight, the first appearance, the first proper appearance of Kang the Conqueror. And it contains all of your, your cast of heroes. You know, we got Captain America, we got Iron Man, and then we've got the three original Avengers that are the ones that we're going to really focus in on. That is Ant-Man, the Wasp, and our guy, Thor. So, 
let's hop in our time machines a la kang and let's go back to the 60s for avengers 8 uh oh faz please you, you gotta start with kind of your expectation going into this comic and okay. then how you were very disappointed <laughs> So it's been a while since I've read a, I don't know if this counts as golden age or silver age or this era of comic, the silver age. It's been a while since I've read one of these. Everybody who listens to the show knows that I like alligator Loki. One of the things I love about alligator Loki is its economy of language. It only uses words when necessary. This one uses words a few more times than necessary to make a point. (laughs) Now, before I get too in depth, I want to compliment it. On Marvel Unlimited, when you open up this comic, it congratulates you because there's currently a scavenger hunt going on for all of the big Kang appearances throughout Marvel Comics on Unlimited. So it says, congrats, you found like the third one or whatever. Uh, Here's your next hint. See if you can find them all so you can get to know Kang through all of his famous experiences. That is cool. That may be the only (laughs) nice thing I have to say today. Apart from that, you know, Kang has cool powers. The storyline <laughs> exists and is has a beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> there's not the too compliments. much. There's not too much sexism. It's you know, it's um, <laughs> just, just enough. This, so there is some. <laughs> it's uh, the Wasp is normally treated like a real character, which is something that's that's good. You know, the, the, the characters look cool. Like, I, I like the 60s books for everybody. Other than that, I, I think it's best that somebody else talk about this comic. For <laughs> As I will tell you this, if uh, if you like your Janet Van Dyne or your, your Wasp depictions to be a little bit more let's say um, forward thinking, I would skip ahead a while. Uh, the 60s were the 60s were not nice to janet van dyne well, um, you can see she's woman. a damsel in distress here yeah or any woman also yeah like sue storm oh my gosh like just 60s fantastic four stuff just you you're rooting for sue to just like kill all of them <laughs> and, and like people often don't know this janet came up with the name avengers and she like never gets credit for it ever. And instead, uh, as stated in this comic, she is uh, whisked away by Iron Man and categorized as a courageous girl. Yes, pretty sure she's a full-grown woman. <laughs> she she is a like a a fashion designer. She is like a, a socialite, and she is just relegated to being like, oh, that's a cute thing you did there, girly. Like it's. It's really, it's not great. But, but the one thing we are introduced into this comic that is great is, is Kang the Conqueror. And there's so much Kang going around in the MCU. There is so much Kang, like Faz referenced, there's so much Kang to read. We could have picked so many different comics to connect Thor, Ant-Man, Wasp, and Kang because they intersect at so many different times. But this was the first time they ever faced off. And this comic lays some of the groundwork of what Kang would become and how the Avengers would interact with him in the future. Let me just give you a brief, very brief, like 30,000 foot view of this comic. The Avengers are getting together for a meeting because the government of the United States is like, hey, we've got a like priority one mission for you, Avengers. And they're like, okay, they, you know, they do their Boy Scout salute and they're like, we'll be right there 
a uh, UFO, which the editor feels the need to explain. He's like, by the way, UFO means unidentified flying object. Okay, just g- g- now go back to your comic. Um, I'm sorry to jump in here to you, much. even more. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and doesn't Thor say he's really concerned about national security, which is a very yeah, odd I kind of hate that a line. Guardian to care about, right? <laughs> U.S. Like, national security is the most important thing. To me. <laughs> like our national security is at risk. Thor, you don't live here, man. We've tried to tell you. <laughs> It is funny how, like, in the 60s, the depiction of Thor is, like, Asgardian god, but also kind of like a like a, an American sympathizing Superman. Like It's like yes. he was part American citizen, but then it was also, like, they picked and choose when he was very Norse and very, you know, mytholo- mythologized. It's weird. Like, any time that he fights communists in the 60s, he is not from Asgard. He is from the good old U.S. of A. From Missouri. Um, he's from, yes, he is. He is Marvel Superman. Um, so the unidentified flying object is Kang's ship. And the Avengers go to basically be like, hey, dude, what's going on? Uh, and Kang's mm-hmm. like, I've come to conquer stuff, as Kang is wont to do. And Kang kidnaps them in a uh, part of his ship where they are held uh, paralyzed with this paralysis ray, because obviously, really in the 60s, you could just add any word in front of ray, and it was probably going to show up in a Marvel comic. <laughs> um, so they, uh, they, they are captured by the paralysis ray, and the army is like, oh no, the Avengers, we, we're, 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 you know, we're powerless you know, without the Avengers. I really like your 60s voice, Ryan. You should use that yeah, for I'm, I'm, I, uh, I'm workshopping it for a one-man show uh so uh janet though janet gets away because she's a courageous girl as alias said she gets away and she runs back to the uh she flies back to the avengers mansion and she's looking for something to kind of like anything to fix the problem of the other avengers being kidnapped meanwhile rick jones and the teen brigade which I'm so glad this is not a thing anymore. Uh, As a teenager, this made me very into Marvel <clears throat> Comics in the 60s. Loved the, the teen brigade. They got me involved. Between them gonna... and the very nice girl, I was I was hooked. So progressive. <laughs> We're going to tune our ham radios and then go help the superheroes uh, they, they literally do start out as a group of kids just with a radio. And like, I, I'm kidding. I'm not cool. kidding. It, yeah, I mean, radios are all the rage, you know, don't tell your parents about your secret radios. Um, in Avengers 1, seriously, go read Avengers 1, Rick Jones and the Teen Brigade. Maybe the teens the, are in the first Avengers issue? They are in the first issue of Avengers. It's for the kids, Faz. Yeah. <laughs> Faz, here's what you don't understand about the youths today. <laughs> they love radios and they love superheroes. <laughs> The or come get your bubble gum and your stick of funny books or well, I don't know. I give up. Please <laughs> stick a bubble gum in your funny books. Uh, oh my gosh. This was almost a good podcast. And then we started talking about Rick Jones and the teen brigade. <laughs> okay. So to, to bring Not it all back around, there. <laughs> this comic is great for showing Kang's powers. They match up with a lot of the stuff we're going to see in the MCU. It is a nice introduction. They explain his story decently well. They connect him to other characters from Marvel canon so far. Like I think Ramatut is mentioned. Yeah. 
So in terms of a setup, it's a very, like Stan Lee is still great at weaving stories. Obviously he creates great characters. Don't want to entirely shit on him for the the long writing and the casual sexism because it was the sixties and he was trying his best, but uh, not my favorite comic. Appreciate it for what it is as a time capsule in the very early stages of the Avengers. It's only their eighth issue they've had. Right. So pretty cool. Kang's been around that long. we're, We're very early, very early on. Um, the team brigade and Janet kind of team up to rescue the Avengers. They get out and, uh, Kang kind of cackles his way, um, you know, through his world, you know, his world defying plan. They, they beat him by basically turning his armor into like rags because that's where all of his like circuits and powers are. And they shoot like a special acid gun at him again, Mm -hmm. Totally not making this up. They shoot an acid gun at him, and it deteriorates. And his ship, all of- his ship too. And yeah, yes, uh, yes. Don't left put- no stone unturned because yes. his ship's made of fabric, dear <laughs> listeners and listener prime. And then uh, someone shoots a missile uh, that Iron Man's like, "Huh, nope, <laughs> not on my watch." And he, uh, Iron Man, shoots the missile, and it just like explodes into a mountain nearby. Because mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. not? Uh, and then the Avengers, like, they see Kang fly into the into the atmosphere. And they're like, oh, darn it. We can't catch him. Well, maybe next time, everybody. And then they, on the last page, they're like, you know, uh, Stan Lee does this whole freaking soliloquy about the Avengers. And I'm just going to read it. And then we'll give, you know, final thoughts. Faz has already, you know, given me the the, the finger to wave and like, let's, let's move on, man. Um, <laughs> but this is... This is what Stanley decides to end the issue with. The Avengers will be waiting. Thus has it been. Thus it will ever be. So long as mankind is in jeopardy. So long as the mother planet, Earth, mother planet. Good what grief. is that? Kind of hot. So long as the mother planet, Earth, may be menaced. So long as the forces of evil dare to challenge justice, the Avengers will stand ready to fight, to sacrifice, to perish if need be. So th- I love that. To perish if need be. We're yeah. So <laughs> uh, liber- no point not. in dying if not necessary. <laughs> it's only when required. The mother planet Earth was, you know what? She was a courageous girl, is what she was. <laughs> so that liberty and hope shall ever live in the hearts of men. It's like we get it, and you want to write the next great American novel. We get it. The only <laughs> issue I have. Great. The only thing this is missing from being the perfect 60s Avengers issue is a conversation between Iron Man and Cap where Iron Man says his most famous line, you need some solid dick from an Iron Man. That is <laughs> maybe the greatest comic book panel to ever <laughs> be created. We'll cover that another time, Faz. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this issue, like Faz said, it lays the groundwork for Kang and uh, it's pretty hokey along the way. But Haley, did you have any thoughts about the about the the story the characters anything uh that this comic brought up i uh very much enjoyed the over explanation of everything because <laughs> it's so ridiculous it's right funny. right do i want to read more than one issue at a time of it absolutely not but when they see the ufo and they're like something is happening the door is opening what could it be and it's like this <laughs> is the worst slash best thing ever so it was um fun to read and yes very much king that we saw in the movie and so that was that was fun too it it's kind of the equivalent of reading a bad b movie yeah that like might have but it's like it's like i've been sharknado 1500 
right it's like oh i like tornadoes oh i did not like this i did not like it's, this it, it, it's all tell not show right where it's like right hang yes. is wearing purple and green it's like i can see that stan he's right there <laughs> he's on the panel he's got I a blue what, face what also gets lost in here is that it's jack kirby art yeah yes. like, it's jack kirby art but i wouldn't say it's jack's best because some of the this is kind of like a little bit you know too nerdy of a, of a look at this but like the inking getting all high and mighty everybody the inking is kind of thick and like very um uh blocky at times and i was reading it last night i was just like i don't know if i like the artwork here um he I don't did really a nice know. job by janet though she looked pretty good she did ryan so- we we for can't make fun of every girl. part of this. We can't make fun of every part of this, or people are going to think that we hate Stan Lee and we love Stan Lee and we love. Well, Jack you've already Kirby. established that I uh, that I that I hate Iron Man. So, which yep, this true? This did nothing to uh, to give me hope in Iron Man. But now, um, now you know he has a secret fault. identity. Everyone else was being stupid. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> so uh, but but we we. We read that comic just to like, you know, partially, you know, when you have when you have good friends that like talking about comics, everybody, you just kind of have to give them a reason to read some stuff that they know they're probably not going to love. That's I'm looking at you, Mr. Fazio. Ryan, there could have been uh, so many other Kang stories to have us read. <laughs> but you know what? But you know what? We didn't. And uh, <laughs> well, will if Will Rose was here, we would have done Citizen Kang, but we didn't. Oh, um really we would have done citizen kang are you serious what that's what the one that will wanted to do but we will listened to here. this we, we read this instead of doing so- oh my god ryan yeah. i'm logging off the podcast see you like listener prime by Haley. nice seeing Bye, you guys. um so everybody we're gonna take a brief break uh i think uh i Faz is kind of throwing a tantrum, so I don't know if he needs a, a, a bottle or, or something like that. We'll figure that out in the in the break. But on the other side of this break, we are going to leave the 60s behind and we are going to jump into Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, our review here on Across the Bifrost. Hey everybody, it's Faz. I've had my bottle. I, I took a nap. I feel a lot better now after listening to uh, the Avengers uh, 8 arguments. Anyway, I'm here to talk about our Patreon. If you guys like Across the Bifrost, if you like what we're doing around here and you want to help us out, it'd mean the world to Ryan, Will, and myself. We have a new tier called Listener Prime, where you get even more benefits, and you'll be maybe, maybe Ryan and my best friend. You'll replace Will Rose as maybe our best friend. So that's the kind of thing that you're into. That is an option you have available. So, you know, go to Patreon. The link will be in the description or the link will be on our Instagram. The link's all over the place. Join today if you love us and you like what we do. And as always, stay worthy. Okay, everybody. We are back to talk about the main event. We are here to talk about Quantum Mania, the newest film from Marvel Studios. So uh, here's how we're going to do this because um, it, Really, the movie is the movie is pretty simple to understand. Uh, the the whole gang, the Ant Man gang, gets sucked into the spoilers. Closet. By the way, spoilers, 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 spoilers. Yes, there are spoilers. We're going to spoil Quantum- it. 
That was a very thorough spoiler alert. There are spoilers. No, no, no. I get Five it. More. I get it. We Five should more. have said this at the beginning. But uh, yes, we're going to spoil uh, everything. So if you haven't seen Quantumania yet, uh, please go watch it first. And if uh, you're not going to go watch Quantumania, I, I, uh, this I review will probably be confusing. Um, so uh, here we go. The Ant-Man gang, you know, Ant-Man and the crew, get sucked into the quantum realm and hijinks start to ensue they get separated and uh cassie and scott they get you know they they kind of team up with, with this uh, ragtag group of rebels who keep talking about the conqueror the conqueror and then uh the rest of the gang uh janet and hank and, and uh oh gosh oh gosh no i why can i remember evangeline lily's name but i Hope. can't Hope. I'm the same way sometimes. The reason you can't right. remember is because they gave her nothing to do in this one. So she's just there to be super confident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We will get to that. Uh, so the other three, they head off and we find out that Janet knows things about the quantum realm that she has not been freely sharing uh, before. So they meet up with Bill Murray and Bill Murray turns uh, his back on them and basically gives them up. And they are now being pursued by the Conqueror. We learn throughout the the movie that Janet and Kang have a relationship uh, where they were both stuck in the quantum realm and Janet was part of helping Kang almost get out, but then she sabotaged him and now he is stuck in the quantum realm unless he can get back to the core, uh, his power source to get out of the quantum realm and be unleashed upon the world. find out that Kang was exiled to the quantum realm by the council of Kangs that we learn a little bit more about in one of the uh, credit scenes. Uh, but then a big fight ensues between the rebels and our team of heroes. They fight Kang and his faceless, you know, robot soldier guys, big fight ensues. And uh, our heroes are victorious. This variant of Kang is defeated and uh, all is right with the world as Scott's like, Scott's like at the end, he's like, Oh, that, that's that's probably you know none of that's probably going to mean anything and of course we know that we are headed towards kang dynasty and so much more in this phase of marvel uh with kang as our big thanos level bad so that's kind of a a a very brief uh synopsis of the film but Haley, since you're our guest today let's just start with what were some of your thoughts coming out of this movie um what were some of your positives and maybe some of your your negatives if if you had any coming out of the film i agree with what you said that this is straightforward which we've been getting more of that in these standalone films and i appreciate it because these are all building blocks leading up to our next big team up movie so i think from that standpoint it's great and it does the job it's supposed to do the longer i've sat with it and it's you know, almost been a week since I saw it. The more I'm like, those post credit scenes kind of overshadow the movie. And yeah. that's not wanna, a bad thing necessarily because no. they're kind of gotten back to, oh my gosh, this gets me super excited for the next thing, which is how they used to yeah. be. And then in the middle, they've kind of just been whatever's um, always enjoyable, but not that impactful. And when I think about the movie, honestly, some of the first thing I think about is that Loki scene. And, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait for Loki season two now. And then all the Kangs and it's like, oh yeah. And then there was a movie before all of that. So I liked the movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I I wish Paul Rudd had gotten to be a little funnier than he was. Um, 
But I understood, too, that they were trying to show how serious of a problem this being of Cain yeah. is. And so, you know, there were some think, other things, but yeah. Maybe to just piggyback off of that, do you think maybe um, Ant-Man was maybe not the right solo character to introduce Kang with because of how serious Kang is and how kind of jokey and jovial uh, Paul Rudd's Ant-Man usually is? Or or did this kind of strike the right vibe for us? And Faz, feel free to you know chime in as well, man. I think that because the most important thing to Scott is Cassie, and that will make him turn serious more than anything. I think that they... I think that that dynamic created the right way for us to meet this Kang because he's so scary. And because, too, Scott's such a vulnerable Avenger. He doesn't really have his suit is his powers. Other than that, he's just a guy. And at the end, when when Jonathan Majors is beating the ever-loving shit out of him, I was like, he might actually die in this movie. This might be the way it goes down. Okay. Is Scott going to die in this movie? Yeah, it was scary, right? And so I think for that reason, I think they chose one of the weakest power level Avengers and one of the strongest forms of Kang to show what like the range of his threat maybe. Okay. Yeah, and and I, I agree with that completely because the Ant-Man movies are always so chill and funny having it be like, no, 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 this is real. Even Paul Rudd can't joke around, I think was kind of the point. Yeah. And from what I've read, Kang was always going to be the villain of Ant-Man 3 before they'd even considered Kang as the big bad for the MCU. Okay. So this was always the shit gets real movie for Paul Rudd and Peyton Reed. So I think it's it, it was really nicely done the way that they uh, took this fun, you know, someone's stealing a, a tiny lab or someone's recreating the pin particles to this man will destroy the entire multiverse if you don't stop him today, Scott. It's a nice upgrade. Now, my thoughts on the movie are that this was the last straw. The MCU is dead to me. I now hate Marvel. I'm going to complain about it on Reddit forever. And anybody who's listened to me for more than five minutes. I told you to keep your incel energy at home. (laughs) Anybody who knows. There's going to be a bunch of courageous girls coming after you. All of that (laughs) is dumb, obviously. I thought it was great. My initial thoughts out of the theater were this was the most fun I've had at a Marvel movie in a long time. It was very... When I came out of the Rise of Skywalker, I was like, this was a super fun, wild ride. Don't want to think too much about it. It was just a lot of fun. This was a similar vibe. I was like, that was great. I had a hugely fun time. If I think about this too long, my opinion of the movie is going to drop down. But my initial impression was this was awesome. It was everything I wanted it to be. It was a fun time in the theater. Yeah. yeah. Don't get us wrong, listeners. Like, we're not sitting here as three, like, wannabe film critics on the internet. Like, we're here as fans of something that we've enjoyed for a long time and like all of us you know we enjoy paul rudd we enjoy like jonathan majors is coming on the scene like a like a like a friggin' house of fire like if anyone has seen uh trailers for creed three um like the third creed movie with jonathan majors boxing against michael b jordan i can't throw enough money at that um (laughs) like jonathan majors is going he's he's on the track to become an a-list movie star yeah and his acting chops are so good and they're so well used here because thanos was a cgi performance that like brolin did a great job like i'm not saying thanos wasn't a good character but Jonathan Majors gets to act and it's not him layered in a cgi costume it's it's him 
And I, I loved that those dramatic moments that he gets with Paul Rudd, uh, you know, and they're just kind of going back and forth. And I kind of realized, I was like, oh my gosh, Paul Rudd is bringing out some of his best like dramatic chops in this movie. And like Faz said, we don't really get to see a lot of that because most of the plots for the Ant-Man movies are like hokey heist stuff, which is great because that's what most Ant-Man stories are. And I believe like that's what most of them really should be. And we do get a little bit of a heist in here when they try to, you know, steal the core of the, the, the power source that Kang needs. But then in that last fight, that last fight was my favorite part of the movie because you know, call me, call me, you know, I, I, I'm a, a, a simple minded for this, but I legitimately thought they were going to kill Scott at the end mm-hmm. because we now live in the multiverse saga. So it's like you can you can kill a character, but they don't really have to stay dead. Um, so and it's kind of baked into these phases of Marvel. I, I love that last scene because I believed Kang was going to kill Scott. I believed it like hook, line and sinker. And when he didn't, I was like okay man that was a close one like I, I believed the the drama and the tension of it and along the way we got a lot of fun little moments it almost felt like an adventure movie i felt like it was kind of like a star wars movie but a little trippier that Drink that's kind ooze. of how i came out of it feeling i was like that was a really good trippy star wars movie <laughs> so um we referenced earlier that hope van Dine does not have much to do in this movie so let's talk about hope because she's she's part of the masthead she's part of the title of the movie and really is underserved here so uh Haley what were your thoughts about how they used or didn't use hope in the in this film well my girlfriends and I think that the hair department hates Evangeline Lilly because her hair was utter trash and it has been in most of the movies. Right. Um, so there's that. That part was, I'm just going to say, annoying. Her needling Janet and Janet not giving in. And it was, I don't know if they were trying to play it as like long lost daughter, mother, trying to have this relationship they lost. But it was like, mom, tell us what we need to know. No, mom, tell us who that is. I can't. You know, it was a little <laughs> too contrived. Like, I understand plot, plot, plot. but that was pretty much what she was there for. And then to pull Scott back when he needed her two times. And right. it's a shame. She doesn't actually have a storyline. No. Like she's, her, oh, she's her the head of the company. Is, yeah. She's, she's super competent. She's great at everything she does. And she's the only adult in the room. And that's her entire character. She flies in and goes, all right, I guess I'm going to fix this. Cause he can't handle the, uh, the time vortex and he can't handle the final fight with Kang. Like, can't do any of this stuff on his own thank god i'm here is essentially her role and she's a great fighter and she's good at the action i just would like her to get to do something and to to grow as a character it was like well if they kill off paul rudd's ant-man then cassie would have hope to be her mentor and to teach her how to to Mm -hmm. ant and you know that would be that would be a cool yeah to wasp i guess or whatever they're gonna make cassie into um but stature 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 is whichever one they go with yeah now i have i have a friend of mine said well you could look at it as the wasp is janet because janet was the wasp and he even went so far as to say there's always two ant-mans and there's always two wasps once they got janet back 
And so there's that kind of like little double dynamic going with Hank and Scott and Hope mm-hmm. and Janet. I spy that, but I, I but that I, still I doesn't like... answer the question of like why does Hope have nothing to do in this movie besides basically no. be ancillary? Like, like like even Hank has more to do, and he's just mm-hmm. there being a senile old man who's obsessed with ants. You, you can you can make the argument that like this movie is number like number one, this movie is a Kang movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, literally, you could have called it Kang Quantumania, and like I don't think many people would have maybe been confused. Um, but then like then it's kind of secondarily Janet's movie. Like Michelle Pfeiffer gets so much to do in this movie that it kind of is like, okay, um what are we doing with everybody else? Now we should say though, Michelle Pfeiffer was fucking awesome in this well, movie. Yes, yes. I, I'm not I'm not saying she was bad, but um it did feel weird that Hope had almost next to nothing to do besides what Haley mentioned is like she's you know um uh, you know, needling, you know, like, tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us. Oh, got to save Scott again. Like it, it felt like she was the babysitter. And, and like Faz said, the only adult in the room um, that kind of like was super competent, but also not used in a competent way. Um, and I'm, by the way, I, again, just a fan, not a, not a wannabe film critic, but I, I love Evangeline Lilly in the roles that I've seen her in, in the past. And I just think she could have, she could have, offered this movie something more um if given the opportunity that's just my opinion i really i'm really a fan of of her acting so that's just my bias opinion towards her in this film but uh were there any other aspects of the film that uh maybe we haven't talked about yet that just personally were like highlights for for you guys um Haley, did you have any highlights outside of you know kind of the 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 major points we've already talked about I, I think I agree with you that the highlight is Jonathan Majors and watching him um, pretend with Janet and then the seething anger that he has with Scott and the all the range of emotions that he portrayed between those two things. It was excellent. I think so. Kang's obviously the best part of the movie, but I'm not going to repeat everything the whole time because Haley and I are always on the same wavelength with this kind of stuff. Totally. I'm going to focus on the sure. emotional beats. Yeah. It's important to remember that Cassie is not Hank and Janet's granddaughter, at least not by blood. But right. She calls right. him grandpa. They care about uh, her like a daughter and the way that yeah. they all connect the aunt family. It's really nice. You guys will remember from my Thor feelings that even if the storyline's not that tight, if there's a nice familial connection and there's real emotion at play, then it really draws me in. And they really got that with the whole family. Like Hope didn't have much to do, but she still felt like Cassie's mom. And she had to be because they didn't have Cassie's mom in the movie. Paul Rudd felt like Cassie's dad. Hank and Janet were concerned grandparents. They all felt like one familial unit. And I loved that. The other thing I loved was just how aggressively Star Wars this was, right down to meeting our old friend Lando Calrissian, who actually is working for the Empire now it's and Bill sells Murray. them out midway through. <laughs> Bill, Murray, oh, and Lando so Calrissian, and, um, I so one of my highlights was, I think what I'm noticing more and more, and maybe it's the, 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 the husband, the, the father in me that I, I just notice these things in movies, but 
a lot of the recent shows and films have been centered around this idea of family. And Faz just said this, um, that this movie really uh, creates this, um, this somewhat nuclear, but also like kind of surrogate family for Cassie. And she's a big, she's a big part of this film. It's the biggest part she's had yet. Um, and Cause she actually gets to like be a part of the action. Uh, and Scott is really trying to find out like how he can be a dad, but also let her be her because she is gifted and special in all of her different ways there. Um, you know, in Miss Marvel family is a huge, huge aspect of that movie. I, I still think Miss Marvel is the best film, uh, best um, Disney uh, MCU property that has handled the, the topic of family. Um, and we see it in love and thunder, that surrogate family that Thor kind of patches together from friends and loved ones. And then with, uh, with love at the end, um, there's a lot of family vibes throughout, you know, the recent MCU um, phases. And I really enjoy that because it resonates with, with me personally. Um, I really liked it in this film also just on a kind of a cool factor when, Scott goes giant and he goes giant more than he's ever done before. I loved that they kind of treated him like a kaiju monster. And there was this like thought of like, uh, he, he's so, he's so big. They're, they're shooting tanks at him. They're shooting guns at him. And he just keeps walking through everything. I loved the kind of the scope that you get to do with a character like Ant-Man because he does, he has range. He can do so much. And uh, the times where he and Cassie are kind of going through how to fight and, you know, how to, you know, shrink small, go big, you know, that I loved the, the fight scenes because again, Ant-Man's a versatile character. You can do a lot with him. And I feel like they did in those big action sequences. Their shared love of citrus is the perfect family moment in the movie after they're both <laughs> big and Cassie's like, I don't know. I feel like I want a lime and, and Ant-Man's like, I always want orange slices, right? That's just, Oh, something about citrus guys. Like just really, really nice. Yeah. So uh, we, we've all established that we really enjoyed the movie. Uh, there has Faz also mentioned that with this film, there has been kind of that thought of like, Oh no, the MCU is over and all that kind of stuff. And you know, Oh, you know, um, the downfall of Disney's MCU has come. Um, I don't really believe any of that um, because um, this movie is going to make truckloads of money. Um, it's not going to bomb. It hasn't, it's not a bomb. It's not a flop. It's, it's just a, it's just a good Marvel movie. It's just a fun time at the theater. Um, so I think if you go in just wanting to have fun, you're going to have fun. Um, and I, I think the one thing we've hinted at, but haven't talked about yet, and we'll kind of land our conversation about the movie here, those post credit mm -hmm. scenes, two big ones. Usually we get a funny one and like a move the plot ahead, or you know, recently it's been like two funny ones. We got two big move the plot ahead ones. So, um, Faz and Haley. I, I wanted to kind of you know, hand this one over. Faz, do you want to explain maybe what the first credit scene was? So the first post-credit scene is three different Kangs. This is Pharaoh Ramatut. This is Amortis. And the third one, depends on who you ask, might be Scarlet Centurion, might be a new Kang, who are the leaders of the Council of Kang. 
discussing what to do now that the exiled one has been quote unquote killed. Everybody knows he's coming back. There's no way they're getting rid of Kang the Conqueror this early, but they think he's gone anyway. So they discuss what they're going to do next. Uh, we had to call together the council. Who did you call? All of us. And it oh. cuts to directly from the comics, a scene of thousands of Kangs in an amphitheater getting absolutely fired up to listen to their three lead Kangs walk them through how they're going to Kang over the whole Kang verse. And it's freaking <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh. Yes. That, that was, so that was huge. I, um, and Haley, I would love your thoughts on this one as well. Um, there was a moment where I, I noticed Rama Tut first. And I was like, holy shit, we're doing this. Like, <laughs> I didn't expect a scene like that yet. I thought maybe in Loki season two, we'll get something where we see multiple Kangs at one point. And I just turned to my wife. I'm like, my wife does not care. Like, she just knows Jonathan Majors is cool. And she just knows that you know she's gonna go see all these movies and i was like i was like babe it's rama tut it's immortus it's scarlet centurion she's like don't know who any of those guys are uh so i was I'm like happy, I was, you're happy <laughs> i'm happy you're happy and it's a little i sad. love ants and i love that you love them honey <laughs> is that what cynthia says to you <laughs> no no that's what janet van dyne says to hank pym when when she goes goes i just I, I just love ants and she pats him on the head and goes and i love that you love them honey and then oh. he saves them all like a badass oh. michael douglas was awesome anyway sorry to hijack you have your memory faz would be uh, uh, just a treat um so I, I loved that all the different versions of kang we see them and we're like oh the scope gets bigger mm-hmm. and there's there's a there's a, a storyline between the variants of kang that is unfolding here Haley what did you think of that that mid that mid credit scene I was kind of like you like they're doing this already that's great but I think it's to play into the ending where Scott's like you know bebopping down the street and he's like oh that was bad something's coming no it's probably fine uh it's not fine and something is coming and it is bad (laughs) it is going to be very bad um (laughs) and so that the last the the post credit scene Haley do you want to tell uh listeners what what we got the very, very timely post credit scene we got at the end. Yes, I do. So we go into like the late 1800s looking, early 1900s, and it's people with their bustle skirts and there's somebody on the stage talking about the future and la 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 la. And you're like, okay. And then we pan over and it's flipping Mobius and Mobius and Loki, and they're dressed in this garb to match everybody, and they're staring at the stage, and I'm like, okay, what? And then you go to the stage, and it's flipping Kang as Victor Timely. I am so beyond stoked. <laughs> I was like, I turned to my husband, and I was like, what? And of course, he's like, Kim, like, he doesn't know. He doesn't care. He's just happy to be there. Honey, and- <laughs> I'm happy. You're happy. He's like, He's oh, like- is that Jonathan Majors again? <laughs> <That's it. laughs> yeah. His hair looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> and it was awesome. So, uh, yeah, like Haley said, we are getting another variant of Kang teased for the upcoming Loki season two, Victor Timely, who is a another time time traveling Kang who goes back to start Timely Industries um, in Timely, Wisconsin, which I... I feel like Wisconsin was referenced in the first season of Loki. It was. Um, they went to Oshkosh. 
Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, a world famous Oscars, of course. Um, so we we're going back in time with Loki and Mobius and we're going to encounter Kang. And also Loki kind of references that this is a very dangerous version of Kang they're about to encounter. So, I mean, on, on the, on the, the first glance, Victor Timely doesn't really look that dangerous but I'm sure in Loki season two, we're going to learn a lot more about this variant of Kang. And uh, yeah, when we, when we do our episode by episode breakdown of Loki later on this summer, which I know Faz is super excited about, uh, we are going to, we're going to learn a lot more about Kang. One question for your friends before we get out of here in Loki season two, will we see more than one version of Kang? throughout or is victor timely going to be like the the big bad i i was just going to say i bet we're going to get three or four kangs definitely multi-kangs i think we're going to hunt some down i think he's going to kill some a few of them are going to get away because the kangs have to start winning otherwise all those normal mcu fans will say he's not scary because he Mm -hmm. keeps almost killing people so Mm -hmm. he's going to do some cool stuff i don't i interpreted that scene as loki thinks that's uh not a different Kang, but the same Kang, mm-hmm. but kind of different. So he's only thinking of he who remains because that's the yeah. only I bet this is the first episode or something, or you know. And because Mobius says, I thought you said he was dangerous. Well, Loki, as far as we know, has only met one of them. And yeah. he is scared by him because he was like, Holy shit, you did all of that. <laughs> and so that's what I interpreted that scene as to be, but I definitely think we're getting more than one Kang. So we're our over under on Kangs is probably, you know, at least got to be set at three. I'll That's go three, over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Magic you know, uh, I think we're, I think Loki season two is going to be very important. And we've even heard from Tom Hiddleston, like as he's done interviews, like this is going to be an important aspect of the multiverse saga. Um, and like, uh, seriously, like who already, who doesn't want more Loki in their life? Tom Hiddleston's amazing. And I'm I'm very ready to to run it back with him. We just need more alligator Loki in our lives. That's oh the only my thing that we're missing. I do Wait. want to see alligator Loki again, please. We so it last last episode, Faz and I pitched a uh, I am Groot style alligator Loki show, and uh, that needs but to longer. <laughs> right, freaking now. So, uh, uh, friends. Final thoughts about Quantumania. Anything that we've left out that you feel like we just got to mention here? You have to rate it a 10, Ryan. Oh, yes. Uh, let Yeah, let's do uh, one one out of 10. Sure. Faz, you one, give it one out of 10? Oh, my God. No, 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 no. I, we're rating it one. Oh, okay. One, two, one, ten. ten. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Better, a much better I, way to say that. I will go first. And initially out of the theater, I thought it was an 8.5. I would walk it back to a 7.58. Now, for listeners wondering, my average MCU rating is around a 7. So it's a little better than average for me. I thought Thor Love and Thunder was a 10. So you can either agree with me entirely on everything or you can think that I'm terrible. That's that's the Faz Guardian for all your... Send me your hate mail. It's fine. (laughs) Just pay for our Unless you're listener prime and then you have a direct contact to us. That's true. You can have Ryan's (laughs) cell phone number, maybe. You cannot, actually. <laughs> you cannot. But yeah, so 7.5 to 8 out of 10 for me. Um, okay. Better than average MCU. If I was to look at my list, I want to say I have it currently around 15 out of 31. Okay. So it's m- middle of the road to good. But I'm really excited for what it sets up. It was perfect for what it needed right. to be. Right. It is funny how people were like, 
you know, throughout the last phase, we're like, nothing's connected. And now it's like, everything's too connected. It's like, <laughs> you people. Why isn't it exhausted. a standalone movie? It's like, you just complained about five standalone movies. <laughs> Good grief. Haley, what would you rank it one through 10, 10 being the highest? I'll give it a seven as an average good entry to the MCU. Yeah. Um, it'd probably be lower middle half of my rankings of all 31 movies. Have just you guys because... actually ranked them? Um, I have a tier list. Oh my gosh, we should do that. I do not. <laughs> so, but, as, hey. as, as podcast listeners will know, I'm rewatching the MCU while treadmilling. So I've gotten, I'm halfway through phase three now, and I'm basically moving my list around as I'm watching it this time all in a row because I can compare apples to apples when I've watched Homecoming and then Ragnarok back to back, right? Yeah. So what's your current number one? Uh, so number one and two are Endgame and Infinity War. No. I mean, and, and then number three and four are Love and Thunder and Ragnarok because I'm a Thor shill and I'm perfectly happy to admit that it's not an objective list at all um like like uh, thor i don't think thor, thor the dark world is like objective <laughs> dark world's like ninth for me which pisses people off when they see the list but i like the dark world it's good but it's objectively not the ninth best mcu movie. I'm very happy that is correct so, and if anybody wants to know uh our thoughts on thor the dark world you should go listen to thor, uh the the thor the dark world commentary ryan's it's, birthday uh, spectacular Right. Yes, it was right. I asked for one thing. I didn't have a. I literally in real life, I did not have a birthday party. Instead, my birthday party was watching Thor: Love and or Thor: uh, The Dark World with uh, Faz and Will, and we did a commentary on it. If you would like uh, two hours of fun, that is a good episode to go check out. But it's worthwhile uh, to listen to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm so glad at least one person listened to it. Uh, so. Um, and uh, my ranking of, you know, this movie was a fun adventure, kind of spacey superhero movie that I really needed at the time it came out. Um, I needed to go to a theater and laugh. I needed to, you know, be t- taken on a, like a wild ride adventure. So I'm going to give it a 7.5. I'm I'm with Faz on this one. I think it's, I think it's good. It's a good entry to the Marvel universe. I will rewatch this movie. Some Marvel movies. I just like, I was like, okay, it's good, but I will, I ever watch this again. And, And so something can be good for me. And I never watched it again. Like I thought the Batman the I thought the Robert Pattinson the Batman movie was good. I'm probably never going to rewatch that movie though, because it just like it's not something I can I want to commit three hours to. But Quantum Mania was the other side of that where like it's a it was a good film. I enjoyed it and I'll probably watch it again because I like Paul Rudd. I'm I'm falling more and more in love with Jonathan Majors. Um, even though Evangeline Lilly was underserved, I, I still love her. Um, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. 7.5. But friends, that brings us to the end of our review of Quantum Mania. What did you think of Quantum Mania? Let us know at Mighty Thor Podcast on Instagram. You can also become a member of the Thor Corps and you can maybe become a listener prime if that spot hasn't been taken yet. If it hasn't been taken yet, go get it, everybody. Like, come on. This we're you know we're unlike Kang we don't have unlimited time here, and so uh, Haley, tell us what's going on going on on source pages before we we hop out of here. What are you guys oh doing my next? Gosh. We are being super crazy 
and we're going to start reading all of Secret Wars, oh including all of the oh. tie-ins. <laughs> and Holy so, crap. Um, yeah, because that's how it's going. So <laughs> for the next two weeks, we'll be reading. Um, we're starting with issue zero. And so if you want to know what we're reading and you want to follow along, that's on our socials and we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and so our podcast is that we read novels and comics as source material and inspiration for upcoming geeky movies and TV shows. And it's a lot of fun. And Brian V. Klein and I have a blast doing it. So after two weeks of source page or source pages of Secret Wars, we're going to do a week for um, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. So oh, we cover awesome. all the things, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Dune, sci-fi stuff, whatever we kind of feel like. And you guys did a great like multi-part primer for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. Remember. And we'll probably do that since we just started in 2021. Um, we haven't done this for a lot of our like stalwart characters like Scott Lang. And um, so like coming up for the Guardians movie, we'll probably do a multi-week one for them as well, yeah. just because uh, we've never gotten to explore those characters in a meaningful way on our podcast. So yeah, it's going to be a fun year. And if they keep pushing properties back, we'll have more time to do stuff like that, which we I really like. Yeah, I, I love that you guys had kind of room to breathe with Ant-Man and the Wasp because it got me more excited about it. Instead yeah. of just having one episode primers, it was like, oh, okay, this one's about MODOK and this one's about Scott and Cassie and this one's about, you know, uh, this one's about uh, Kang. Like it was, it was good. It was good to actually have some time with it. Um, but looking forward to everything you got going. You guys also have a review of Quantumania up that uh, people can check out. But uh, yeah, everybody. Go check out source pages. Good stuff. You can also follow oh, them. Yes. And we're doing a review contest right now. <gasps> so if review you contest. rate us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, you'll be entered in a chance to win the book that Scott Lang reads in the movie. <gasps> Look out for the little guy because Disney's Entering actually right making the book and producing it. And it's going to come out in September. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so give that us a review. Is... We're doing, doing that through the end of March. That is amazing. Everybody go do that. Uh, you should already rate our, our friends five stars and give them a glowing review. But this way you can potentially get something in the mail that was actually in one of the movies. That's yep. a fantastic use of your time. Faz, do we have anything else for our amazing, mighty listeners? I, I think we're all caught up. Everybody knows where you and I are. We're here too often to plug our own stuff. So yeah, that's, that'd be weird for us to <laughs> plug our own Just, stuff someone become listener prime because yeah, we talk on, about dude. it all the time and it'd be very fun. So, I mean, seriously, uh, it, it has to happen. Um, so everybody until next time, until we see you next week for the first installment of the Simonson saga, where we are going to be talking all about your favorite hammer wielding Corbinite beta Ray bill, his first appearance and Walt Simonson taking over the reins of Thor until we see you then for Simonson Saga number one, we encourage you to do one thing, and that is no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, you have to stay worthy. All right, listeners, we realized we forgot two very important things. One ginormous head of a thing. It's been a our long favorite, day. Our favorite, Modoc. Love him or hate him. Love how he looks. Hate how he looks. He looks like a ridiculous wow. comics version of Modoc. He was never going to look. Like, how are you going to do that in a movie? 
Right. Like, how I can you complain? It was, great. <laughs> it was so funny. And his death scene was amazing. What did you oh guys say? Redemption God. for Darren Cross. I'm an Avenger. I'm an Avenger now. <laughs> Scott, you were like, uh, you, you're like a brother to me. What? I am? I Touches his sure, face. Okay. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I'm like a brother to you. <laughs> <laughs> I died an Avenger. <laughs> no one's going to know. They're dead in the quantum realm. It's like, fine. What happens them. in the quantum realm stays in the quantum realm. I'm just hoping that some other variant Modoc comments later because of some weird Modoc mind sharing. Like, so I hear I'm an Avenger now. What do you guys think about that down the road? <laughs> oh, that's kind of a deal we made with a dying Modoc. <laughs> that doesn't like it's carry actually, over. it was that Modoc, not all Modocs. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's it not yeah. Like, there was also another <laughs> moment that we forgot to mention and uh i'm not gonna lie a little bit of egg on my face for uh forgetting this part uh the clear reference to thor in the previews i think i think it was because i saw this in the clips leading up to it i got really like familiar with the line and i thought it was really great when kang is like so you're an avenger are you the one with the hammer and Scott's like, nope, that was Thor. Uh, but we uh, we get mistaken for each other all the time. <laughs> similar body types and stuff. I loved that line so much. I um, I may have laughed a little too loud in the theater. Um, made the people in front of me really uncomfortable. But but <laughs> I'm but like I'm I'm a Thor guy. Like I'm not. I'm, I'm if not, they weren't I, laughing at it, they have no soul. So oh my, yeah. uh, oh my. I don't know. Haley Hobbs coming in, coming in hot with that one. It was hilarious. Um, it was a great line. I, <laughs> any Paul Rudd, references to anybody else in the world looking like Chris Hemsworth is always going to be funny. Oh my gosh. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and Paul Rudd's like the perfect person to make that joke funny. Um, because like, he just, he's goofy enough that you're like, does Paul Rudd actually believe that he looks like Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> but uh, anyway, guys, we, we had to add this in at the end. Uh, apologies for forgetting this uh, in the actual body of the episode. But um, yeah, I, I think Faz, double check. Correct. Like, please ch- double check my work. Have we forgotten anything else? I mean, all all the fun little cameos were fun, like all the random characters that I don't know any of the names of, yeah. like the ooze guy and whatnot. They were all yeah. fun. Um, How many holes my- do you have? I love him. The, the intro and the and the the ending was really fun showing Scott's anxiety because it was very yeah. real given given COVID and how everybody's kind of feeling right now. That was a nice feeling. I think we've covered all the important bases. Listener Prime, if we missed anything, if you could shoot me an email, that'd be great. Yeah. My email is ryan.doze at mightythorpod.com. That's not my email. I would say we didn't talk a ton about Cassie, but this was not a Cassie-centric movie. Don't worry, really? she'll be she'll be back when they do Young Avengers. She'll no, they announced they're not doing it, and they totally would never misdirect us like that, Ryan. Um, yeah, because Kevin Feige said we're never having an Avengers us. movie again. Yeah, no more Avengers. <laughs> Avengers Secret Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Gosh. Anyway, Kevin, everybody. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Uh, oh, Home Alone reference. Nice. Um, so, everybody. Uh, thank you for sticking with us in this little post-credit scene we had. This post-credit Ooh, scene. Fun. See, yeah, yeah, always pay attention to the post-credit scenes. Yeah. Um, Faz everybody, will return. Faz will return. Haley will return? Question mark. Question mark. Haley, yeah. Will you return <laughs> in Avengers: Secret Wars? <laughs> oh my gosh! So we'll see Haley in a few years, everybody. Seven years uh, from now, Haley will be back. Oh God, that's too long. <laughs> stay, stay worthy and all that stuff. Bye.
da 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 i know the dark world one da 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 oh you do do the dark world thing that's because that score slaps that score slaps and ryan i post thor all the time i have that music playing constantly i can't get hours in my head when dark world exists